Say goodbye to the Northern Ireland Protocol. There's a new sheriff in town. The Windsor framework is the latest plan to finally get over the trade issues thrown up by Brexit. And given it's all very convoluted and highfalutin stuff, this is your dummy's guide to the Windsor framework. Let me explain. Let me explain with Sean Defoe, a News Talk original. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Thanks for tuning in and don't forget to hit subscribe if you're new here. If you want to do a small bit of homework on what the Northern Ireland Protocol is or was, I guess. Now, we covered it in one of our very first episodes, Don't Protocol Me Baby, which is still my favourite episode title. But don't worry, we'll do a bit of a recap now and delve into what's meant to replace it, the Windsor Framework. If you vote for for us and uh, we get our programme through, which we, we will, because I, as I say, it's oven ready, it's, it's there to go, then we can be out at the absolute latest by January uh, the next year. That was Boris Johnson at the end of 2019, speaking at a bakery during the British election campaign when he promised he had an oven ready deal good to go on Brexit. And he was right in the sense that Brexit legally happened the following January, But the issue was far from over, because in that oven-ready deal was a sour ingredient for unionists, the Northern Ireland Protocol. The protocol was the measure designed to make sure there wasn't a return to a hard border between Ireland and Northern Ireland. The EU feared the UK, now free of all its rules and standards, may go off and develop goods that were of a significantly lower standard to what was acceptable in Europe. Now, how realistic a fear that actually was is debatable, given the UK would obviously still want to trade with the EU and other countries, meaning they would have to keep a certain level of standards anyway. But the academic exercise had to be done, because if the UK was producing lower standard and cheaper products, there'd obviously be a risk of those entering the EU's single market through the back door of Northern Ireland. They had to be checked somewhere. So if those goods weren't going to be checked on the Irish border, where would it be? And the answer was Northern Irish ports. That meant instead of an Irish border, there was one in the Irish Sea. It was something strongly opposed by unionists and ultimately led to the DUP walking out of power sharing in Northern Ireland, which has been without a government since. So that's your general protocol primer. Work had been underway for quite a long time to try and replace the protocol with something more palatable, and now that deal has been reached, at least between the EU and the UK governments. 2,441 days after the Brexit vote, here's what happened. I'm pleased to report that we have now made a decisive breakthrough. Together, we have changed the original protocol and are today announcing the new Windsor framework. Today's agreement delivers smooth flowing trade within the whole United Kingdom, protects Northern Ireland's place in our union and safeguards sovereignty for the people of Northern Ireland. So after lots of back and forth, the Northern Ireland Protocol got the greatest UK rebrand since Marathon became Snickers and the Windsor framework was born. And note the name first, obviously given because the final deal was made at Windsor, but symbolically significant, tying the name to Windsor, the House of Windsor and Ursula von der Leyen meeting King Charles after making this a notionally very British deal and a British victory in the hopes that it would make it even harder for unionists to say no to it. But what is actually in the deal? So first, let's address 
that trade issue. There is a border down the Irish Sea, say unionists. What are you going to do about it, Prime Minister Rishi Sunak? We have taken three big steps forward. First, today's agreement delivers the smooth flow of trade within the United Kingdom. Goods destined for Northern Ireland will travel through a new green lane with a separate red lane for goods at risk of moving onto the EU. So you're good to go almost entirely without checks from Great Britain to Northern Ireland with more red tape to get to Ireland itself. In the green lane, burdensome customs bureaucracy will be scrapped. It means food retailers like supermarkets, restaurants and wholesalers will no longer need hundreds of certificates for every lorry. And we will end the situation where food made to UK rules could not be sent to and sold in Northern Ireland. And so ends the Great Sausage Wars. And unlike the protocol, today's agreement means people sending parcels to friends or family or doing their shopping online will have to complete no customs paperwork. This means we have removed any sense of a border in the Irish Sea. I think ultimately the DUP will decide whether that's true or not, but it does address on paper at least a big problem and had to be put in the speech. Now, part two of three of the big changes to the protocol. Second, we have protected Northern Ireland's place in the union. We've amended the legal text of the protocol to ensure we can make critical VAT and excise changes for the whole of the UK. For example, on alcohol duty, meaning our reforms to cut the cost of a pint in the pub will now apply in Northern Ireland. I see a sudden queue forming on the M1 for cheaper booze in the run-up to Christmas. The same quintessentially British products like trees, plants and seed potatoes will again be available in Northern Ireland's garden centres. Ah yes, those famously British potatoes. Onerous travels on pet requirements have been removed. And today's agreement also delivers a landmark settlement on medicines. So some significant changes to the issues with the protocol that were impacting everyday life. Great British pets can be brought into the north, tax control given back to London, and it makes some elements of trade a bit easier. And as well as the pints being cheaper, there can be reduced rates of VAT on solar panels and heat pumps now in Northern Ireland too. So now for part three of this deal. Today's agreement safeguards sovereignty for the people of Northern Ireland. The only EU law that applies in Northern Ireland under the framework is the minimum necessary to avoid a hard border with Ireland and allow Northern Irish businesses to continue accessing the EU market. But I know that many people in Northern Ireland are worried about being subject to changes in EU goods laws. To address that, today's agreement introduces a new Stormont break. Many had called for Stormont to have a say over these laws. But the Stormont break goes further and means that Stormont can in fact stop them from applying in Northern Ireland. This will establish a clear process through which the democratically elected assembly can pull an emergency break for changes to EU goods rules that would have significant and lasting effects on everyday lives. If the break is pulled, the UK government will have a veto. 
So this is the Stormont Break, B or A-K-E. And what it means is Stormont MLAs will be able to give the UK a veto on any particular EU trade law that they think would damage Northern Ireland. It would be triggered by 30 of the 90 MLAs from at least two political parties raising a concern to the UK government. Then a process would be gone through to see if the issue can be resolved politically in Northern Ireland first. If it can't, the UK will inform the EU, the law will be suspended, and then ultimately the British government is going to have say on whether that law should apply in Northern Ireland. Both sides have been keen to sell that the Windsor framework throws out 1,700 pages of EU law from applying in the North, which in turn means Northern Ireland isn't governed by the European Court of Justice on those issues. In fact, the EU reckons just 3% of its laws will still apply in Northern Ireland after this goes through. And for some, that might still be too much, but for the EU, it's seen as the price of still getting access to the single market. Effectively, Northern Ireland is going to have the best of both worlds. Very simple access for trade into both the UK and EU markets. In fact, the mayor of London, Sadiq Khan, tweeted to ask Rishi Sunak if he could get the same deal for the capital. So what happens then if the EU and UK disagree over whether these laws that the storm and break has been triggered on should apply in Northern Ireland? Well, it will go to arbitration and importantly, again, not by the European Court of Justice. The issue would be decided under international law with ECJ oversight being something many in unionism are strongly against. There is one part, though, of the storm break which jumps out at me with big neon warning signs. So let's say that the break is triggered on a few different laws. Then they don't apply in Northern Ireland while they do become law in the Republic. Suddenly you have two countries sharing a border but operating quite different trade rules and potentially different standards. Very slightly maybe at the start, but those could become more and more different over time which is exactly the situation the original protocol was trying to head off in order to not have a hard border. And the deal does note this potential, saying this. It's important to note that the permanent disapplication of the rules would mean divergence between Northern Ireland and Ireland and the broader EU, and thus it will be a matter for the EU how to deal with the consequent impact on their market. Recognising this, the EU will have the ability to take appropriate remedial measures. Now, when they say appropriate remedial measures, that worries me a little bit. That would likely just mean liaising with the UK, maybe making some small tweaks to the proposed law so that they can fit together, granting some exemptions to Ireland, perhaps, to avoid a hard border. But you do have to wonder that if Northern Ireland becomes a trade problem again in 10 or 15 or 20 years' time, can you see there being as much sympathy in Europe for the Irish question as there has been... Does that issue of a hard border get raised again? Having covered these talks quite a bit over the last few years, I I can't imagine a shift in the EU that would ever make a hard border seem acceptable, but it is just something to keep an eye on. Important too, that the Stormont break can't be triggered over trivial matters, according to the text. They're trying to exempt it from political rows in the north and look on a time We'll see how that plays out. And the trigger number is interesting. 30 MLAs, so about a third of the Stormont Assembly. Not a lot of the overall number, but more individual MLAs than either Sinn Féin or the DUP have. So they would need support from elsewhere, but well within the limits that any one community would have in Northern Ireland if either unionists or nationalists had an issue. 
The Windsor framework lays down new arrangements on Ireland and Northern Ireland. This new framework will allow us to begin a new chapter. It provides for long-lasting solutions that both of us are confident will work for all people and businesses in Northern Ireland. Solutions that respond directly to the concerns they have raised. The new Windsor framework respects and protects our respective markets and our respective legitimate interests. And most importantly, it protects the very hard-earned peace gains of the Belfast Good Friday Agreement. So, in summary, green and red lanes to solve the goods problems, London taking VAT and excise control in Northern Ireland, and the storm and break on new EU goods laws. Will it be enough to get the unionists on side? Well, let's have a look at the seven tests the DUP set out. There's a strong case to argue that this fixes all of those issues. Test number one, fulfil Article 6 of the Act of Union, and this is a law from 1800, which the DUP says is the constitutional statute which created the United Kingdom. The sixth article essentially requires that everyone in the United Kingdom is entitled to the same privileges and to be on the same footing as to goods in either country and in respect of trade in the United Kingdom. So now that the sausages and the potato seeds and the seedlings and all that can go Great Britain to Northern Ireland without any checks, you'd have to say, yes, okay, you could you could see that as being uh, uh, ticked off. Avoid any diversion on trade is their second test. The trade isn't going to be diverted out of Northern Ireland. Now businesses in the UK can go there without being encumbered by the checks that might have otherwise put them off. Not to constitute a border in the Irish C, test number three. Well, I think you could argue that that's been ticked. Uh, test number four, give the people of Northern Ireland a say in making the laws which govern them. Well, that's the storm and break. They are going to have a say over the EU laws that will apply in Northern Ireland, if not so much on the UK laws, which will be made in Westminster, where the DUP have a number of seats and so can exert their influence there. Test number five, result in no checks on goods going from NI to GB or GB to NI and remaining in Northern Ireland, where there is going to be some checks on goods, but vastly, vastly reduced, maybe 5% of what they were, one or two chucks out of 100 being tested. A very, very small amount, so you can say, or you could certainly argue that that has been ticked. Test number six, ensure no new regulatory borders developing between Northern Ireland and the rest of the UK. Well, there isn't any new borders created in this deal. And test number seven, preserving the letter and spirit of Northern Ireland's constitutional guarantee in the Belfast Agreement by requiring the consent from a majority of its citizens for any diminution of its status as part of the UK. Well, again, you could argue that that very much is in the uh, Good Friday Agreement as opposed to this agreement that if Northern Ireland was to become part of the Republic, if there was to be a United Ireland, that would be all triggered through the Good Friday Agreement structures, through the Northern Ireland Secretary and the British Government rather than this. So you can you can make an argument there that all seven tests of the DUP have been ticked off. I mean, there are some things that remain of concern. The European Court of Justice will still have some jurisdiction in Northern Ireland, even if it's only over 3% of Europe's laws. There will be some checks on coming from goods into the North, as I mentioned, but massively reduced. I have to say, overall, to me, it looks like a pretty fair compromise and goes further than many people expected to. But we have been here before with Brexit, and I won't be holding my breath for anything to work. So we'll have to wait See how everything unfolds, but at least in the meantime, you're going to be able to tell everyone down the pub you understand the Windsor framework. 
Lucky you. Sean Defoe presenting and producing this week with John Kyo as the editor and Lachlan Hart on sound. I will chat to you next week.